Most fans of true crime would love the chance to experience catching a killer. This is where Hunt a Killer comes in. This is the best way to get in the shoes of a real detective and feel like you're solving an actual real-life murder. I'm absolutely addicted to Hack. I've been subscribed to their six-episode season since they were a thing and have played all but one of their standalone games. My office is filled with documents and evidence from their cases, and there's nothing like filing away when you've solved and closed the case. If you'd like to get your hands on one of their standalone cases, use our code SIRENS at checkout on their website, www.huntakiller.com. And hey, every episode helps fund the Cold Case Foundation, a nonprofit that assists in bringing justice to unsolved cases throughout the country. Welcome to 20 Minute Missing and Murder, where we share a true crime in under 20 minutes. In these segments, we will be sharing information on missing people and cold cases. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. And now, here's your siren, Raven Rollins. Okay, so this next one, we are going back to December 1981. December 27th, Charles Lovin Jr., 15 years old, a child, grabs a gun in the middle of the night. It is a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle. He enters his father's bedroom and shoots his father square in the face. 47-year-old Charles Ray Lovin Sr., And then he moves his arm slightly over, points at his stepmother, 31-year-old Louise Lovin. I think artist Louise Lovin. That's a big old age gap. He was Dragon Mane when she was born. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What the? Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So points at the stepmother, 31-year-old artist Louise Lovin, and shoots her in the head as well. They were both sleeping at the time. They had... Two his two siblings in the bed with them that were sleeping. Oh my god. Seven-year-old half-sister Casey Lovin and another sibling, a young boy. They were both asleep in the bed with them. Casey actually woke up from the shots being fired, and it's he says later that it spooked him and he just like instantly shoots her in the head as well. She screams. Because she's not friggin' dead, and he shoots her in the shoulder, and he thinks that he kills her. He completely leaves the younger brother unharmed. He then goes down the hall, wakes up his 17-year-old sister, tells her to get up and drive him out of state. Now, here's my big question. Why is it that every time we do a something over some family annihilation, Amityville horror style, and they're walking around shooting their entire family, why does no one wake up? I do not understand this. Like, there just must be some really hard sleepers in the world, because if someone shot a gun in my home, I would wake up. I'm just saying. Speaking of soapboxes. So, okay. So, the sister, 
he wakes up the sister. They get into the car and they realize that there isn't enough gas for the trip out of state. Remember, this happened in Ada, Oklahoma as well. So I guess probably the closest would be Texas. He's probably wanting to go to Texas. So the, the sister convinces him instead because they don't have enough gas. So the sister convinces him to go to his local pastor's house. Why? She didn't just be like, can we go to the police station? No, let's go terrorize. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so they go there. He speaks with this kid, convinces him to hand over the gun that he still has and turn himself into the authorities. So emergency personnel responds to the home shortly after 1 a.m. Like you said, nothing good happens after midnight. No! Stay in the fucking bed, my dude. And they discover Lovin Sr. dead. His wife and daughter were actually only critically wounded at the time, which is horrible because they were just laying there literally dying when they when all this happened yeah the stepmom died later that day actually and the half sister was taken to valley view which is now mercy and then went to a hospital oklahoma city doctors said she was in very critical condition with a bullet still lodged in her head and she died sometime later oh seriously fuck man Mm -hmm. yeah so lovin originally told police that he had no motive that he just felt like doing it. Right. And when asked why he didn't kill the brother, he said that the only reason he shot the sister was because she woke up and it like spooked him or whatever. He panicked. So he was originally charged with two counts of first degree murder. Uh, a third count was added after his sister died. He later claimed he shot and killed his father, stepmother, and sister because they were possessed by demons. No, you got that backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. But then later, like way later, he recanted and said that he fabricated that story so that he would get out of punishment. Like, so that they would, like, deem him, like, not fit to stand trial. Oh, okay. I was like, of course you fucking made it up. Like, we know you made it up. Yeah, no, like, of course. If you're going to turn around and be, tell us we something... Oh, excuse me. Tell us something we don't know. Like, I was just joshing with you guys. They weren't really possessed by demons. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fucking no shit. Sorry. There's a lot of... I, I went th- on a cuss bit there. <laughs> I'm real mad at this kid. He's not a kid anymore. I know. I know. What a f- mm. So, he was actually later certified to stand trial as an, as an adult. Yeah. Except, here's the fucky part. This was 19... And and this worked out. Seemingly, it worked out. But this was 1981. So, guess who the district attorney was at the time? (sighs) Bum, bum, bum! Bill Peterson. Oh, that guy. And just to refresh (gasps) everyone's memory out there, this is the same district attorney that did the Haraway case and the, the Debbie Carter and the, the Haraway case and a bunch of others. So anyway, so he went to court. His initial court appearance was before special judge Jess Green, which I actually worked for, oh, for a while. Oh my God, Jess. I miss Jess so much. Yeah. Jess Green was the shit, ladies and gentlemen. I worked for, well, I guess technically I worked for him and the other two lawyers under him so 
Yeah, he was actually a special judge at the time. Lovin was certified in a decision by the associate district judge, Mike Atticott, who had taken the case under advisement after hearing on the matter. And during an early hearing, the defendant's 17-year-old sister testified that her brother told her a few weeks before the killings that, quote, aliens had invaded his parents, end quote. And the only way to remove them was to, quote, shoot them in the head, end quote. So did he make up that he thought that they were possessed by demons? Or was he, was there something just off about him? I think the cheese slid off his cracker. <laughs> it's my professional opinion. <laughs> I don't, don't know why that just fucking hit me. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Was not expecting that. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> the boy's not right. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Archer. <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> Bring a lot of clarity to this situation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> So, Lovin claimed also that his father was a heavy drinker. Wait, does that mean he, like, drank a lot or that he was fat? (laughs) I guess it doesn't matter. (laughs) Let's say he claimed that his father was an excessive drinker. (laughs) Drinker? Oh, my God. I'm doing great, I think. Jesus. So, he brought out an offensive weapon. (laughs) oh fuck okay you guys don't get that reference you don't listen to us enough and you need to go binge season one (laughs) go now we'll wait we'll wait right here (laughs) we'll be right here when you get back right here so he was apparently an excessive drinker sorry about it he smoked marijuana routinely and abused his stepsisters oh bullshit have you ever met an angry pothead (laughs) no (laughs) name me one no (laughs) i can't Mm -mm. i can't no i can't and all of this is uncorroborated like there was no evidence of any of these claims. I don't know and why, why the fuck I'm suddenly believing him after he said he was possessed by demons first and then he got and then he got probed by aliens and now I'm like, oh, come on. He's not violent. He smoked pot. Anyway, Jesus. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's saying that the, the father was like taking sexual advantage of the older sister, but the 17-year-old sister never said that that happened. So, I mean, who who knows? Right. So, at a September 1982 court appearance where Lovin entered into a plea agreement with the state, he told the court that he killed his father because of hatred. He said that he killed his stepmother in a state of shock and panic after she woke up upon hearing the gunshots than the sister because she woke up. (laughs) Jesus, dude. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you wake up as I'm shooting my father? interrupting (laughs) my teenage angst. Yeah, he said he killed his sister accidentally. How do you accidentally shoot someone twice? I'm just saying. Accidentally, you shoot her in the face and then the shoulder. That's It's not an accident. Maybe the initial one was an accident and he panicked like... 
might as better finish it off. I don't know. I really can't give him the benefit of the doubt here. This kid had a mental break at a very tender age. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't okay. Yeah, no. So, under questioning, he admitted... <laughs> you're gonna love this. Oh, he admitted to... <laughs> he had taken Valium that night. For fucking what? Why? Where did he get that? Who knows? This... What? Did they drug test him to see if that's true? Or could this partially be another... You know what I mean? Whose word uh, I, is that? I don't know. I don't know if... Did they even have drug tests in 1981? I mean, I want to say yes, know. because we were... I know from a toxicology standpoint, we were classifying ODs then, I think. Huh. That's something... But this is like blood and cadaver to. related, not like, hey, kid, take an eye cup test. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, But, I mean, he straight up was like, yeah, I took LSD that night and I took Valium. So, you know, LSD, that could be totally where the aliens and the demons were coming from. Wow, it's hard out here on the streets, man. <laughs> streets of Ada? I just can't. Well, do, have you listened to these stories? Ada's fucked. Ada is fucked. Sorry, Ada. Oh, sorry, not sorry. All right. They all know. They fucking know. <laughs> they know. Yeah. They know. They, they get it. They do. Under the plea agreement... Lovin received three life sentences to run concurrently. Concurrently. You heard me. Concurrently. But that means all at, all at once. Just refreshing everyone's memory out there. He said that he decided to this plea, to plead guilty and to take the agreement so that he could be punished for his crimes and therefore be forgiven. Later, three psychologists concluded in independent evaluations that Lovin is a paranoid schizophrenic. But the Ada teenager said he accepted the plea bargain because he didn't want to be sentenced to die by lethal drug injection. I don't know why. He seems to like drugs a lot. Give it a shot. So, <laughs> see how you like it. Might be a wild ride for a few minutes. <laughs> Probably is, actually. Yeah. He said he feared imprisonment but believed he could finish his high school education and then go on to college while in prison. He said he hopes to become a minister once paroled. Whoa, buddy. Wah, wah. Whoa, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, buddy. No. Listen, motherfucker. No. If you think you're no. getting out, first of all. Second of all, what if he has a child? He'd be the kind of person that keeps the child in the closet and only feeds it lettuce and tells everyone it's the Messiah. Like, no. Ooh, good lord. <laughs> no. Either either that or he would turn into freaking Mr. Sorrels from the last freaking story. <laughs> Jesus. You're a wacko. Yeah, so... Being being a paranoid schizophrenic, you're basically always on LSD. So I don't know why this kid took LSD. I'm okay. gonna take medicine to not be on LSD, basically. Honestly, if this had happened like today, he probably would have been put into a mental institution instead of sentenced to life. So But like at the same that. I don't I have such a really hard time with this, and this is where part of this this is my right side and your left side because in my mind I don't necessarily see the disease as as much if it's if it causes homicide like violence like this like you are I know I keep saying you're not okay 
I don't know how else to describe this. I don't want to seem insensitive. I really fucking don't. But when your problem mentally, when your disorder takes lives, like... You're saying murder is murder. Yes, yes. It just fucking is. It is. And whether people know right from wrong, period, it's... I'm sorry, your action has a consequence. That's just the way it is. So, I mean... Should these people be put in a mental institution? I, I don't know. Should they definitely be in solitary confinement in a prison of some sort? Yes, I do believe they should be. I just don't know that there's any rehabilitating that. And we might not we may not know until you and I are in like our fucking 70s or 80s if they actually have any breakthroughs, but I just don't see And I hope that they do. No kidding. It's just a it's just such a lonely know. existence. It just it just sounds yeah. like I don't know. But if anything you do leads to murder, I mean I I feel like you should be punished for it. Unless your name is Cash Freeman. <laughs> Unless it's Cash Freeman. <laughs> Thank you, Cash Freeman. You're the Thank only you. one exempt. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so many thoughts come from this one. Just I know, I know. It's it's a weird one. They didn't send him to any sort of institution. He's in prison. So he said, looking back, I should not have done it. I should have taken myself and my older sister and all the kids and left. That was his final statement. And. That kind of show, shows me that he did have some clarity. So, I don't know. That might be something a psychologist fed him, too. You know? You never know. You, you never know. No, I mean, you it don't. was 19 I mean, he's, so. he's 15 and his sister's 17. And she's allegedly yeah. the one getting abused. So, if y'all are that... Like, why couldn't this... This would have been completely different. You're a fucking psychopath is the problem. Like, yeah. bottom line... You killed three people. Killed three people. One of them was a seven-year-old girl. And allegedly your entire purpose was to save everyone. Do you see? The contradiction here. This doesn't line up. Yeah. No. Thanks for listening to this episode of 20 Minute Missing and Murdered. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join us next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?